All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, D2 Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. Uh, heads up to the listeners, might hear some background noise from my end. I am hiding in the basement. Uh, we are recording on July 3rd, basically one day after New Podcast Monday. Our last podcast came out yesterday, and we are recording a week in advance because 4th of July holiday, my family's going on vacation, you got barbecues and shit coming up, and... Uh, This is the only time we could connect. So, as we always like to say, if the world comes to a complete end and we're not talking about it and you're sitting there listening going, hey, the world ended on Saturday. Why aren't they talking about it? It's because it's news we missed. It hasn't happened yet. It's future news. Yeah, that's it's true. And I'm reading headlines now. Uh, Kevin Spacey now has more allegations. So whatever happens to Kevin Spacey in the next week, uh, we... We, we don't know about it. We haven't been bought out by Big Spacey. Did he really? And so that's why we're... I haven't read yeah, those. What, apparently. What, I did read an article with Guy Pearce. In London, man. Oh, good. I guess he was fucking going crazy in London. He he was the head of a, a theater there, and I I heard that they... I, I didn't hear anything. I mean, I just figured that he probably was... I, I read an interview with Guy Pearce yesterday, and uh, Guy Pearce said that on the set of... L.A. Confidential, he was grabby. He wouldn't go into anything else. He's like, he's very handsy. Sure. Uh, and they tried to push him. He's like, well, let's just say I'm happy that I was 29 and not 14 and leave it at that. Like, he's saying it as a 29-year-old, he could sort of defend himself and like, all right, knock it off. Right. But he, yeah. he did say he was very handsy. But I didn't know there were more allegations. I do know that Weinstein has more allegations. Um they say that he could go to jail for life now. Like, there are enough allegations or they're bringing more charges against him from more women. Wow, yeah, that's that's fucking wild, man. Uh, wild, but not unexpected. It's kind of like once the floodgates open. That's why it pisses me off, as we've talked about in the past, when they try and lump everybody into one, where it's like your Kevin Spacey, your Harvey Weinstein, and your L. Franken, and your Aziz Ansari. Like everything, right, it's all yeah, or nothing, yeah. and that is not good. See, the thing is, if. If, if Weinstein gets life, and, and and I'll also say, you know, Bill Cosby, he's he's in prison for the rest of his life, right? <laughs> Both years. So the thing is, is your sex drive normally, not not always, but normally, it tends to decline as you get older. So when these, you know, this stuff finally reaches these guys and they go to prison, they're going to feel extra dumb sitting in prison as an old man because they're like, fuck, I, I don't even... I'm like clear-headed and shit now. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not even horny. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying clear-headed. There's obviously you know stuff wrong with them other than yeah, just yeah, yeah. being horny. But hey, the sex drive is gone. So when they're just sitting in a cell explaining to themselves what the hell they did to get here, they were like, yeah, it was basically just to come or whatever. Which honestly seems silly to me. I don't even want to jerk off right now, let alone. You know, sexually assault people and things like that. And and what you just said, I've never had this thought before, but you just made it crystal clear. Like, I've had the sensation or the idea, but you just crystallized it for me. I don't understand Viagra. Like, if you right. don't have a sex drive, then why would you want an erection? Or is it you have the drive, but you're impotent because... I've always, the way I've always thought of Viagra is like, oh, you're getting older, you can't get an erection like you used to, your sex drive lowers, like, they always talk about sex drive, but if you're, I'll tell you this, like, I'm older, and if I'm not in the mood, I'm not in the mood, like, now, I'll tell you this, if my wife licks my ear or does something, I'm in the mood, like, yeah. it changes me, but, sure. I, I, why would you, 
like I, I don't like, maybe Viagra is if you can't get an erection but you are in the mood. Maybe I'm backing down from what I just had a second ago. But my thought was like, oh, you're you don't have sex drive, so we'll give you a pill for a fake sex drive. That doesn't seem like it would be exciting or interesting or even fun. Sure. Well, well as a guy who used to sell Viagra on the black market in junior high, <laughs> let me let me let me let me kind of break it down for you. I might have some insight, you know. Uh, no. Uh, if if I had to guess, you, you you're right. If I had to guess, though, um, now I haven't, I've I've never been a doctor, nor have I ever had to diagnose ED. But what I'm what I'm guessing it's like is sort of like whiskey dick when you're sober. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I think a lot of these guys, the drive is there. It's just the dick's not working gotcha. for whatever reason. That's that's that Stanhope joke. Uh, you shouldn't give it to old guys. You should put it in beer like fluorinated water. Uh, was was Stanhope's joke on sure. take on Viagra? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like that. Yeah, older guys are, are getting older and and they're not as horny. But what if their wives still have a really big sex drive? I mean, even if these guys don't have much of a sex drive, like they don't want to fuck much. If their wives really do, they want to make their wives happy. So even even if they're not even necessarily in the mood a lot because they're, they're they're older and don't necessarily have uh, just that that physical block, like I want to fuck, but the thing's not working. You know, even if that's not going on, if it's just a genuine not wanting to fuck anymore, they might genuinely want to make their wives happy. So uh, hence they take the pills. Well, and I'm I again, uh, like you said, I'm no doctor. Um, but from everything my wife says when she goes out on her girls' nights and, you know, they all have a couple glasses of wine and talk about everything, um, the idea that a woman's sex drive, and I'm stereotyping here, but stereotypes come from truth, is higher than a man's, is very rare. It's not common for a woman to have a higher sex drive than a man, especially as you age. Like, young yeah. people in general have high sex drives. So unless you are that 50-year-old billionaire who is marrying the 20-year-old who just wants you to die so she can have your money, uh, sure. but she also wants to fuck you for some reason because she's gross, um, then maybe. But just overall, I think it'd be very rare. Because I think it's funny, those Viagra ads, I've always thought this would be You know, that's got to be a good gig, though, right? A gold digger who genuinely doesn't have an 80-year-old man fetish. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's young and smoking hot, but, like, young guys with six-packs don't do anything for her. She just has a weird niche fetish to where she's into old dudes. And she, she didn't even initially get into the game for the money you know what i mean she wasn't even really a gold digger she was just she's a dirt digger you know what i mean but she found gold while she was down there banging old guys that's funny um what i was gonna, what I was gonna say is uh what i always find amusing about viagra commercials or any ed commercials is the couples are fit and pretty good looking and that I find amusing because chances are if you're older and you're fit and good looking, then, yeah, you'll probably want to fuck. But the majority of Americans, male and female, uh, you get older, you just sort of get paunchy and flabby and you're, you're not tone. You're not firm yeah, like you see true. in the commercials. That's a good point. All the old people that they have in the commercials are like the old people that go to the gym. And they're still going to have high sex drives because they're exercising, they're eating good, they're in shape. Right. That's, you know, so they, they're not the people that need the pills. They need to make that commercial realistic and have Walmart greeters just, just horned <laughs> up and, and just straight up rubbing cellulite. And, and that's, yeah, that, that would be a more accurate depiction of their product. 
I am having a memory now, as as we have said several times that sex drive decreases as you get older. I do remember seeing, this goes back to John Stewart days, the Daily Show back when John Stewart was still hosting. And after he did the story, it broke in several other places where, as of at least five, six years ago, the highest rates of STDs were being transmitted in old folks' homes in Florida and places like that because the elderly were still fucking, but since they couldn't get pregnant and they didn't think, you know, about STDs, they didn't use protection. So you had the, this epidemic of chlamydia yeah. and herpes among the elderly because they would get into these homes and they would just be like elderly orgies. Like, they they not know, like, like almost like Utah, like sort of a polygamy list. Everybody fucks everybody. A Caligula of the old folks' home. And, yeah, they, 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 they showed a chart, and the uh, STD rates were skyrocketing among the elderly. Well, it kind of makes sense, man. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to go in there as, like, a younger doctor and, and try, to, try to scare them out of it? Like, listen, if you don't start wearing condoms... You could get an STD that will last the rest of your life. You know what I mean? And it's it's like, okay, well, what is it? Oh, it's like it's like a rash on your dick, or it, oh, it messes with your T cells. You'll get sicker quicker. And it's it, it's like, listen, only one of my legs works. Okay, if like these STDs are nothing compared to just the run-of-the-mill health problems of being an 87-year-old man. I, I won't even notice the things you're telling me about. Oh, blisters. Ooh. <laughs> like, what? I, I'm shitting blood <laughs> for basically no reason. I, I don't care about little blisters. If anything, it'll distract me from whatever the hell's going on with my stomach. <laughs> I, uh, I think I told you this story several years ago. It's worth repeating because it just popped into my head. Um... We, we went, my family went to California a couple of years ago um, to visit my mother-in-law and uh, her boyfriend and uh, my son, what is he now, so he would have been two, two, two and a half, one and a half, he was, he was young, he was one, two years old, something like that, probably two, and uh, they, they lived in an elderly community, it was like a gated elderly community, so it wasn't a hospice, but you had to be like above 65 to move into the gated community. And sure. uh, I don't remember what happened to my son. I really don't. My wife might be able to tell you. Maybe he bonked his head. It's not a hospice. It's more like a hoss light. Yes. <laughs> you know, a, a, a diet hospice. Right. Gluten-free hospice. So he had to, no, he, maybe he just got a fever, something, ear infection. He had to go to a, an urgent care, just, you know, like a regular medical, not emergency room, but just, you know, like a doctor's office. And that is what surrounded this gated neighborhood. You go, went outside the gated neighborhood, and it was literally funeral home, funeral home, doctor's office, doctor's office, funeral home, doctor's office, because they knew the neighborhood. is like you, you, you build your business where your business sure. is. So my wife takes our two-year-old son in there, and the waiting room was like the grim weep waiting room it was just death and when she got to the doctor he, he even said to her he was a little taken back he's like "Ooh, uh this is gonna be a challenging one maybe it's just an ear infection but i'm i'm used to seeing people that are dying i actually have to save this life this is you know this guy's got his yeah. life ahead of him i can't screw this one up if i if i screw up fred he's dying next week anyway so what what does it matter so he was like the pressure Let's was just on. give him morphine and make him comfortable till the end. Wait, no, he's seven, not seventy-seven, not ninety. I'm sorry, I was I was doing my old pitch. I was using stock material on this kid. Um, let's try to make him live. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, 
You know what's what's really fucked up though is I went to one of those communities and um, the guy who owned the funeral homes and the uh, you know the mortuaries and things like that he started opening up fast food restaurants right next to it to make them even less healthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a real sicko. That see that liquor stores, all that stuff. But that's uh, it's not a bad idea because when I get that age, that is when I do want to like eat Burger King French fries and shit because. Fuck it. If I'm at the end anyway, that's like right now, I don't really eat fast food. But when I get to be that age, ah, throw caution to the wind. If, I, if I'm dying, I might as well die happy and enjoy something that's bad for me. I'll, you know, eat more ice cream daily, probably. Yeah, and, and I definitely get that. But I wouldn't want to wait until I actually had something terminal. Like, oh, no, listen, even if you ate nothing but but fresh salmon and kale shakes, you're dead in six months. Uh, you're whatever the hell's going on with this fucking tumor cannot be staved at all um whatever the hell steve jobs had that's what you got and you're done because if none of that's going on you never know i might just luck out and live till 97 but at like 81 i was like well i'm going downhill i'm gonna start eating bad and so now it's just a horrible uh you know like torn up insides kind of 15 years you know point taken point taken so um i i I tell the listeners right now we generally pick a couple topics ahead of time to talk about this is just free form so jake i don't know if you know anything about this guy but are you familiar with a fella named jordan peterson oh yeah 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 he's been in the news a lot i guess the past couple months and i i've heard his name and i've seen people uh railing against him and other people uh, talking speaking for him i didn't really know much about him i still i i would still say that i don't know much about him he's the guest on the joe rogan podcast right now and i listened to the first 90 minutes of a three-hour podcast um, i've heard him on there before i've heard like clips of it i haven't listened to a full one though yeah I gotta say that uh, he's he's fairly interesting, and I am not really sure where all the hate comes from. Like when I see people like, "Oh, Jordan Peterson, this and that," and now to be fair, at the ninety-minute mark, they did talk about something supposedly controversially said. He t- talked about uh, uh, quote forced forced monogamy, but when he gave the interview, they did like any interview. It was for print. It was for the New York Times, so they took it out of context and then edited it down. Uh, for con- right. for time, so in the podcast, he does a poor job of explaining what he meant, but he explains it. He's like, "Look, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, like making women have sex with one man, finding a woman for every man." He, st- he said, "I'm talking about what we already have, which is polygamy is illegal. He, you know, so monogamy is best for society." in a marriage like if you're single you know fuck around do whatever you want but if you're going to start having kids then maybe it's best to settle down you know two parents but overall he... oh, my, one of my dogs is trying to kill the other dog apparently that happens but the whole point yeah. is so have you do you have any opinion i on... like to think that we're also fighting about forced monogamy you know what i mean <laughs> in some weird way they're they're listening in on the podcast and one of them was like yeah that makes sense i mean you know they it's, it's better for families and stuff. And the other one is like, no, wait, it's fucking fascism. And then they just went at it. Yeah. But, I mean, do you... Because I just found it fascinating. Like, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about him. But the thing that really struck me is I wrote a joke several weeks ago. And I did it on stage. And fortunately, I recorded it, so I've got a timestamp on it. But then Jordan Peterson on the Rogan podcast sort of did my joke but he wasn't telling a joke he talked about how you can better yourself in small increments where you set the bar low so you can achieve it 
And I had a joke the same way, which talks about like, you don't want to set the bar high. That creates unhappiness because I, it's a long story. But I just I, I found it very interesting. And I guess I, I was wondering if you had an opinion on him or th- because, like I said, I don't yet. I'm underinformed. But from what I've heard, I'm not sure why people are railing against him. And I hate Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I haven't heard a ton of them. Uh, I, I've heard like clips of him on Rogan's podcast and clips of him on uh, like Corolla's podcast and things like that. Uh, it it seems like a lot of the the anger at the guy is overblown, but he also does tend to overblow things. Like he was a he was a, a professor in Canada, and he was talking I think about he still how is. they were. Oh, he is still a professor. I don't think he I lost he tenure fired. or anything. No, I I don't know. I could be wrong. He he didn't. Maybe it's in the second half of the three-hour interview where they're like, "So you got fired." Um, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and he was—he was—he kind of got made famous by talking about some bill up there where you had to uh, refer to people by what they wanted to be called. But it wasn't just like he, she. It wasn't just trans. It was. There was there was something crazy like thirty different ones, and some of them were something odd like people that identified as wolves, and people that identified <laughs> as fucking animals. Right. And it was it basically he was sort of overblowing that. It was just one of those things that said, like, we're not going to discriminate against people if they want to, you, you know, do this. Like we're not going to kick them out or whatever, and we're just going to kind of call people what they needed to be called, and it. Like, yeah, I don't think someone should be kicked out of a university or, or something because they identify as, I don't know, some kind of tiger or something. But uh, uh, you know, he was trying to make it, basically blowing it up into something that it wasn't. And and just kind of, sort of the, sort of the way that people overblow him as, as this sort of uh, homophobic, transphobic guy, he was overblowing this issue of them forcing wolf people on him or whatever the fuck um i wish i knew more he did speak about that for a couple minutes on the rogan podcast today which i recommend at least the first 90 minutes i've actually really enjoyed yeah um and he did say what you said only they brushed by it too quickly uh rogan said why do people hate you and he said well there was this trans bill they think i'm transphobic because there was bill involving language in canada and everybody focused on trans rights which i'm for but the bill also contained this and this and this and this which i'm against so i spoke out against the bill because i read the bill kind of like the patriot act when uh, and I, I don't know anything about the bill in Canada, so I'm not for or against it. But I'm just saying, yeah, maybe he overblew it. But he also said that he didn't speak out against it because of trans rights. But that's what they just latched onto. It's kind of like there was sure, there was a senator sure. in Wisconsin. I can't remember his name. It was Feingold, Russ Feingold. I think Russ Feingold. And uh, he got challenged in a debate by a right winger who said, you were the only person to vote against the Patriot Act. Why did you do that? You hate America. And he said, and Russ Feingold responded, well, the reason I voted against the Patriot Act is because I read it. Did you? And then the other guy went, uh, well, you know, America. And, sure. and yeah. so, yeah, people, you, you try and associate one thing with someone or like, I get what you're saying. Like both sides right, can overblow something. Right, but the stuff that he was saying was stupid was such a small part of that bill and wasn't going to affect him or anyone else in any way, shape, or form. It just basically threw it in there to be like, oh, and also don't don't discriminate against these people either. You, you know what I mean? Just basically, if someone asks you to call them something, call them by it. 
we're not we're not gonna fire you for for forgetting that someone's a wolf and not using right. a fucking wolf name or anything crazy. It was it was it just basically was like here's uh, groups of people that can't be kicked out of you know a, a discriminated college against or, or fired from a job. Yeah, yeah. and and so it, that other part was not the meat and potatoes of the bill. And and so it's like I, I sort of see where he's coming from, but I, I, I see why people would consider him not not as not as transphobic as some people make him out to be, but the people that are saying no, he's he's overblowing this thing, acting like they're forcing something upon him that they're not. Fair enough. Basically, I think my problem with the praise or demonizing of. Most situations is sound bites and quotes where right where he says something I'm against this bill and it gets turned into something else and then everyone latches on and says well if my group is against him then I have to be against him too or the other side says well if my group supports him then I have to support him too yeah I think there's a lot of that yeah because if, even if I don't necessarily agree with like one example he gave in the podcast like before. The controversy came up before they even talked about controversy uh, uh, on on his stance is they're just talking about personal responsibility. And I'm listening to going, why could anybody hate this guy? And he gave an example of his son. I'm pretty sure he was playing hockey because he's Canadian, but I think his son's team lost and he watched one of his teammates throw a fit and throw a stick down and say, oh, the refs suck, you know, they, they, they got all the calls, they wanted the other team to win. And then this kid's yeah. dad approached him and said, yeah, you're right, son, you guys got screwed. And what Peterson then talked about was, what a horrible thing to do to your child. You're raising a brat. You know, what you do is you say, yeah, you lost, moving on. You know, practice, get better, take the team out. You know, it's, it's the idea that this dad was sure. reinforcing the kid throwing a fit, and that's going to create an asshole in life. And I'm listening to it going, how could anyone be against this guy? Now, if he does say something controversial later, like I'm against trans people, then you really, which he didn't say, but you, you have to start to weigh like, okay, everybody has good and bad in them. Um, the idea that you shouldn't raise a kid to be an asshole and throw a fit whenever they lose, that's a good thing. So, well, yeah, I mean, but you just people discount... aren't upset about him. No, no, but I'm saying, thing. but I'm saying, do you just yeah. discount everything about the man because he did one thing you don't like? I don't agree with either side. You can't, you know, forgive people for like say he is transphobic or racism racist. You can't really say, well, you know, he's he's got some good ideas in there. Yeah, sure, he's racist. You know, it's 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 difficult. What we do is we we place everything along black and white lines when in reality everything is a fuzzy gray where some people have good ideas and bad ideas and and you yeah that's true man demonize. And, and i don't think i don't think he's as bad as people make him out but that the basically the thing that made him famous it, it really did seem like he kind of overblew it because i mean the first i heard of it he was explaining it and i was like wow yeah that sounds pretty nuts but then if I, I mean, if you hear someone shouting against him about how he's he's just hates the trans community, then it's like, OK, well, I, I think you're taking this guy out of context. But um, I don't remember what show I was listening to where they, they basically broke it down like, yeah, he's not he doesn't hate trans people. But let me tell you about this bill, about the, the parts that he's saying are fucked up, aren't really what that bill was about. And he's way over exaggerating those parts, and that to me made a lot more sense. Was I was like, yeah, it, it, they're not 
making this bill for people to think they're wolves and shit. Speaking of that, now this is going to go sideways, but um, I'm in no way defending what uh, Peterson was uh, up in arms about with that bill. But um, the way you describe what you just say, like you put in a bill and the bill is supposed to do this, but there are little things on the side just attached to the bill. Yeah, That made me think of something else, which is, dude, and I'm late to the game on this. I am over a year late on this one. Do you watch, have you watched The Handmaid's Tale? I have not. That's one I've been meaning to catch up. Holy fuck, dude. My wife and I, we are only three episodes deep, but it is so heavy that you can't marathon that shit. Like, you have to watch an episode and then walk away. It is so good and so fucked up. But that's one thing. We watched the episode today, the third one, and they talk about that. Do you know anything about it? I know it's supposed to be in some sort of, like, uh, it's 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 the future and some kind of right-wing religious group is taking over or something like that. I wouldn't even say it's the future so much. Like, if it's the future, it's, they haven't set a specific future, but if it is the future, it's, like, 2019 or 2020. We're not talking 2040. Okay. And it's basically Christian ISIS has taken over America. It's It's the Christian wing of ISIS where, you know, everything is... And in the episode today, they, they do flashbacks to explain what happened. And one of the, the explanations was, you know, you just, it chipped away little by little and then happened all at once. And they should have noticed when they did when this happened and we should have said something when this happened. But we didn't yeah. because we just sort of explained it away. And I'll just tell you without giving anything away. Is they, they were trying to get them 72 virgins, man. No, no. What they were saying is things that happened today, like with the Patriot Act, which we already discussed, is uh, they make they make lines like, well, when they talk about the terrorists and how they had to suspend our rights to combat terrorism, we all went along with it. But were there really terrorists or were they saying they were going after terrorists? You know, was it just a right. ploy? And it's really fascinating. I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, we are only three episodes deep, but it is bizarre. It is intelligent. It is, it's, it's, it's incredible television. The Handmaid's Tale. I, I've been hearing people talk about it for uh, over a year. And then especially now that season two is premiered, everybody's like, oh my God, season two is finally here. It is one of those rare shows like The Wire where once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, this lives up to the hype. This absolutely lives up I'll to the hype. I'll try to check it out, man. But uh, there's an, there's another one that just got done with season two that uh, I, uh, again, this is further in the future. But Westworld, man, holy fuck. I just got done with season two of that. That's amazing. I, uh, you're going to judge me and you're going to be angry at me. My wife and I gave up on that one three episodes in. That's what we watched before The Hands Made Tale. We watched the first episode, went, all right, interesting. Let's watch the next episode. And after episode two, I was like, well, I'm not that interested, but you can't judge it on two episodes. So we watched the third one and, and I just, I could not have cared less about any of the characters or any. Oh, dude, it's, it just keeps getting better and better and better. It's, it's not really about any one character. Oh, it's I know, about I know. This weird little world and shit. Yeah, I got that, but I just, I didn't. The thing with that weird little world is I didn't care. Like, it, I, it's all fake, but I get that they're developing consciousness. The, the most exciting part to me was at the end of episode, was it one or two, where. They're interviewing the lead, and she says, I would never harm anyone. And then they cut to her in the world, and she slaps a fly and kills it. Whereas 
that's the first episode where, you know, they weren't even allowed to harm flies. They were programmed not to harm. And at the end of the episode, she kills a fly. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. But two more hours of it, and I was just like, I so so sell me on it then, because I we 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 both turned to each other and said, I'm I'm I don't give a fuck about episode four. I am not into the show. Well, it's, honestly, if you if you watch it that far and don't like it, yeah, it's probably not going to be your thing. But I just love it because it's like Terminator meets uh, Jurassic Park. And <laughs> I think it, it's by it, the same guy. It's Crichton, isn't it? Yeah, it's Crichton. Yeah, yeah, the guy that uh, wrote Jurassic Park. But honestly. It season one ended with such a good ending that I was almost a little bit annoyed when I found out they were making season two because I was like, dude, it had a good beginning, middle, and end, and uh, it was it was a good story. It was they, they you really start it, it 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 builds and it keeps you guessing throughout the whole thing. It's a little bit of a slow build at the beginning because it sort of has to show you business as usual in the park. With a few little hints that something's going wrong, right? But then it, it gets it gets weirder and weirder as it goes, and um, they 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 really tie it all together well. And I was like, you know, you don't drag it out to where it's not going to be a good story anymore. But no, season two was even better than season one. Well, that's good. You know, you just made me think of, and I hadn't thought of this show in years. When you say, "Oh, season one had such a good beginning, middle, and end," uh, you almost didn't want them to do a season two. Did you ever watch Twenty Four back in the day? with Kiefer Sutherland where everything no, took place no, in 24 hours. No. That show is uh hilarious because I guess even though it was called 24 when it first premiered they only did 12 ep- they only ordered 12 episodes. So you watch the first 12 episodes and it's so new and it's so different and it's so exciting and you're like wow this is really powerful. Um and then episode 13 comes around and 13 through 24 are just like not good. And then you sort of go like, okay, by, by season seven, it was just a caricature of itself. But you're like, really? Now we have like, because the whole thing is it takes place within 24 hours. The entire season is yeah. one day. And so by season seven, you're like, oh, now this new threat that has to be eliminated within 24 hours is happening. How does lightning strike the same guy? Eight times, and it just yeah. it really became another terrorist with a bomb that has to be diffused within 24 hours. It, but the first season was unique, at least the first yeah. half of the first season was unique and different. But I literally, by, by the third or fourth, it was always something so absurd where... Uh, someone... This is the eighth time you've tried to blow up Manhattan. Oh, not even this that. This time I'm going to catch you for good. Not even that. Something as, as silly and bad as um, uh, like two seasons in a row or three seasons in a row of the bad guy got a hold of a, a, a security pass to get into the compound where all the secret agents are because, uh, you know, uh, one of the guys on the inside forgot it at the coffee shop like aren't, yeah. aren't you gonna fire this guy or how like every so often yeah you read about how an iphone got left behind uh a test iphone or a security badge but it doesn't happen every goddamn day in every goddamn office it was very silly by the right. end yeah that's well that's why they, they made there's too many sequels and stuff made off of things where the premise just doesn't work as a continuous loop like I'm, I'm so glad Liam Neeson turned down Taken Four. Yeah. <laughs> he said to the producers, "How many times is my character's daughter gonna get kidnapped and sold into sex slavery before the name of the movie is just bad parenting?" This is ridiculous, <laughs> man. She's got to be running away at this point. This shit doesn't happen that often. 
Speaking of sequels, have you seen anything at the box office before we sign off, my friend? I was actually slacking for a really long time, um, uh. just because I was I was sort of I don't know I was I was low on time and um, I I started always just trying to meet up with my girlfriend and seeing them, but I saw one yesterday and one the day before. Um, what have you been seeing? The the first one I saw, Damsel, terrible movie. And I've probably mentioned on here before that I, I like the new westerns. This one was fucking garbage, man. Now, what was the other one you saw? I saw, I, I saw one, uh, another one, though, called Boundaries. That, that I actually thought was pretty I'm good. I'm not familiar with either of those, so... All right, so... Uh, They're like small indie movies. Boundaries Everybody good. Everybody always likes to talk, oh, I want to go see more independent movies. And it's like, yeah, some of them are fucking great. <laughs> and some uh, of them Death of Stalin was probably my favorite movie I saw last year. Some of them are absolute piles of shit. When people talk about independent movies, they like to cherry-pick the best ones and only talk about those. True, true, true. All right, well, listeners, we hope you had a good 4th of July, uh, Jake. Have a good 4th of July since it's coming up tomorrow. And uh, jakevever.com, nathantimmel.com. Say nice things about us online. Spread the word. Tell your friends to listen to us. And if you hate us, tell your enemies to listen to us. But uh, but tell people to listen to us. We could, use the, we could use more listeners always. No matter how many we have, we always like more. All right. I'm going to have sex with a bald eagle tomorrow, but it's completely consensual, so it makes it patriotic. There you go. All right. Bye. Later. Later.